0: Let's get started. Hi, everyone, and welcome to this episode of She Coaches Coaches. I'm welcoming an interesting guest. His name is Alexander Ford, and he is about marketing and human behavior. So the reason I was interested in having him on this podcast is because, well, human behavior, like that is just something that coaches are always into. Let me read you a little bit about Alexander. He is the president and CEO of Measurable Genius, Calgary's only polymathic services agency. Alexander has been pursuing his dream of helping entrepreneurs and business owners find their story, acquire new leads, and scale their business since he first became an entrepreneur at age 12. By combining strategic consulting, information technology and marketing services, Alexander and his team convert challenges into opportunities. Other experts, specialists, consultants, or gurus have been unable or unwilling to solve. And that last word un, or phrase, unwilling to solve, that was the thing that really caught my eye. So welcome to She Coaches Coaches, Alexander. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, so tell me about your journey. I know, starting at 12, and you're definitely more than 12 now. So tell me how you got here, what you what got uh, you
1: incre- I, Incremental. I got here incrementally. I like to uh, start most of my stage presentations by saying that I'm an only child white boy from Canada in a middle class family, and I've literally had no problems in my life. Um, <laughs> I've had some people on social media tell me I need to talk about privilege, and I'm like, I swear to God, I'm totally aware. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I haven't had any monumental like like injury or like moment of transformation, I've uh, had my issues with authority consistently the whole time. Um, And so I grew up um, wanting to figure things out and I identify as a problem solver and I'm super good at using Google, which makes me a great it guy and. I like to build things and I like to reverse engineer systems and I like to like look out into the universe and see if there's some formula that um makes it so I can like push a button and get a predictable response and I've basically followed that uh thread um into the land of business which I think is uh, a crucible where we get to grow and learn and evolve and play with others hopefully people we like and so My bio says I started at 12. I was selling people websites behind a Gmail address and I was building computers from parts that I bought at a local parts store. And I was, you know, selling remanufactured toner and picking up boxes of paper from Costco and dropping them off at golf courses. And uh, eventually I got into marketing and, and here we are. I've just sort of found my path that way.
0: That's so cool. And, you know, like there's something... I don't think that people are born entrepreneurs but I think that there is that hunger for that kind of adventure and that kind of development and growth right like some people just love that challenge give me a challenge give me a problem let me go at it and other people are just like no can you tell me if a goes before b today or you know like tell me tell me the path to take and what do you think is the difference between those people? And I know this isn't what we were going to talk about, but I just I'm, I'm curious what you think.
1: Yeah, I I'm happy to go there. I think that it's hard to separate people from their environment. There's this reality that um, we need to make money in order to survive. And so we all sort of end up on the back foot right we're kids and we get to have fun in many cases i mean some kids don't have good childhoods but like you know in in my imagination we transition from having very little responsibility as a child parents take care of everything to um uh a sticker shock which is oh i'm an adult and actually everything is on me and um i don't Think we prepare people for that super good as a society at least in north america um i think like we're in jobs under duress doing stuff we hate um working for managers who have no idea how to take care of us um because they're also suffering and trying to make money so that they can not do something they hate and there's this like downward spiral before people have even really begun it's like You know we we wake up and we're like wait like what's going on why do i have to do this why why am i forced into something i don't like and i think that's where most entrepreneurs start they're they're like at least if it's under my own command and control like i can like have some sense of meaning and i can have my own storytelling and i feel like at least it's me tackling a challenge that matters um but for the people who are like really wanting to be told what to do i feel like probably most of them are Are sort of stuck they haven't figured out yet how to like um pursue an opportunity that has meaning to them um if if something has meaning people tend to endure challenge and they tend to be willing to tackle complexity and to like have their leadership emerge so i I think there's a a big um, element of having the opportunity to do something that matters being the precursor to willingness to take on challenge
0: Hmm. yeah and, you know, and as you're speaking, I'm also thinking about, you know, so first there's that drive for meaning, which is super important. And what I see, uh, it's not that I have a lot of youth in my life, you know, a lot of teenagers. I see a lot of this message of, um, you know, do what you love thing. Mm-hmm. And that's, it's such like an open-ended, like, do what you love. What does that mean? You know, like if you love to dance, is it, you know, like, do you just dance and assume that everything's going to work out? So, or do you, or, or how do you approach that? Right. So like, as you're describing it, we get the, we get this situation where people end up in jobs under duress because now they got bills to pay and rent and all that stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But then they've got that, they've maybe grown up with that conflicting message of do what you love. And it's sort of, I don't know, like those, those messages don't go together. Like neither of them. Yeah.
1: Right. There's a gap there. My mentor, one of my mentors says, um, that the quality of your life is based on the quality of the questions that you ask. And so, um, I do totally understand how those are apparently opposing ideas, like go do work to make money versus do what you love. But between those points is like a third ingredient, which is creativity. And there's some nuance, which is to say, I think people should do what they love. And at the very least, until they get there, they should learn to love what they do. Because um, we have the capability to transform our perceptions and therefore our actions and decisions in life. And we can transform our emotional experience. We have the capability, The, the father of modern psychology, William Jane said that, the greatest capability of the human mind is essentially to be able to transform our perceptions, which will then therefore transform our experience of our reality. And so if there is a someone who is stuck in something they don't like, and they've got a story that they don't like it and they haven't thought to, or they haven't taken on the challenge of transforming their perceptions, not only are they stuck in their reality, but they're also stuck in their story. And for the person who loves what they do, Um, you know, a a big chunk of people probably end up there by the grace of God. Like they're just like, you know, accidentally fell into a, a reality where they get to do what they love and be handsomely rewarded or paid for it. Um, but for those of us who like didn't go there by default, I think how most people end up there is that they are creative in problem solving. How do I, how do I create a life where I get to do what I love and be paid for it? How do I create a life where I incrementally take steps towards manifesting that dream? It's not gonna happen at the snap of a finger. It's gonna be something that I meticulously plan and, and create for myself in my life. Like that is the crucible, and all of us are in it. And it's it's not something that surface level affirmations or idealisms are going to solve. It's gonna take some fairly high quality questions and actions and decisions.
0: Yeah. And, um, and it's a different kind of effort, right? Like to change your story and to change your thoughts and to change the habit thoughts that play through your brain takes, it's a weird kind of effort. And then all of a sudden you've got a whole, you've got a whole new set of core beliefs and you kind of forgot about those other ones. Um, I like this thing about creativity. And there's one more word that I, so it's a yes. And comment. One more thing that I like to layer on and it's curiosity. You know, like where can we be really curious? And that's where, um, you know, for me, that's the thing that I like about coaching is that place of what does that really mean? Yeah, and and consider, like, just consider and be and hold it with curiosity, and sort of pair that curiosity with creativity, as you said, and then add awareness. You know, so Mm the you know meditation, like. If anybody ever says to me, what's my first step, go meditate. Like just every day, hate it, love it. I don't care. Do it. Right? Like, it's just like that starts the journey for me. So I love that creativity. And then how do we encourage creativity, sorry, curiosity, and then awareness so that you actually can hear what you're thinking. Right?
1: Yeah. Curiosity is something that you get to do on purpose. I think I think like we could identify as curious people. Right? I could say I'm a curious person, but where I think curiosity is most demanded is in a moment of like frustration, right? Mm-hmm. And so when I'm coaching coaches who coach coaches,
0: um, <laughs> right? Yeah, the tongue twister. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Who, who's the coach? Me, don't worry. <laughs> when
1: I'm when I'm working with the people that I love, and when I'm working with my team, and. um, like I'm witnessing someone having a frustrating experience. I-, I love your use of the word curiosity. I go there as like a first attack angle. It's like, I, I hear that you're frustrated. And in this moment, you have the choice to be curious. Mm-hmm. And it's it's like an action word. It's, it's like a verb, you know, be cur- go do curiosity. It's a thing that you can practice. And I don't know if people think of it that way, but I do. It's like, turn it on, like, go do it.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, so I know that um, when I practice curiosity, so yes, about the action thing. And then there's also this, it's an emotion as well. You know, the emotion of curiosity is kind of very similar to the emotion of awe and wonder, right? Um, mm-hmm. and consider it an action as well. And can you, sorry, just random thinkings. Um, can you create the being of being somebody who is curious as your default. And I wonder what life would be like. Then. It's a random, just random thought. It's <laughs> all their shoulders.
1: Yeah. The more pleasant.
0: What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> You're like, yeah. I don't know. Does that spark anything in you?
1: Um, yeah. I mean, we, we are what we make firm in the mind. So like, th- th- this seems to me like the root of most spiritual quests. Like, um, am I the animal that runs my emotions or, or am I the the master that tames like the experience? Like how, how do I move from a reactive and subjective experience into, um, a creative and inspired state of being under my own will and command? Like th- this is like an important question for me. How do I, um, navigate my life and train my mind and train my being in such a way that I'm more likely to be the creator than the victim. Um, and the the way to get there is generally speaking through questions in my mind, like cu- curiosity means to ask a question, um, like not to look at our reality and, and assume that it's firm, um, or look at our perspective and assume that that's what's real. Like, Any negative experience, any perception of challenge, any hard thing happening to us in our life is possibly real, but it's also like um, colored and flavored by the way we see the world. So if if I'm looking out towards the world and I'm saying like this experience is bad, there's no question and there's no curiosity. That's, That's a finite reality. But in a reality where there's infinite potential, there's opportunities to ask questions. Like, what in this crisis is the blessing? What in this perceived pain is the pleasure? What in this perceived challenge is the opportunity? Like, how can I take this experience I'm having and cultivate it and mold it and work it towards my goals? Because the the, the alternative to that is death. It's death in a moment. It's death of an identity. It's death in real life. It's like... uh my life is hard and this sucks it's like okay are you giving up like how long do you need in this emotion until you decide to let in some curiosity and and decide to like look for new meaning and look for new opportunity like um I'd rather be the master of my destiny than the victim of my history
0: Mm -hmm. and you know and granted there's certainly times where it is totally appropriate to not get curious you know when you're dealing with something super tough um or you're just kind of completely rewriting who you are. Sometimes it takes time to get out of mm-hmm. that feeling. And you said something about, um, so first, the master of my destiny. I, I love that. You know, that's a, that's a theme with my clients and a theme, you know, for me as well. Um, and then there's the piece of awareness, right? So what if, I, I can't remember the exact wording that you used, but it was something about, you know, am I the creator? Or am I the, at the receiving end, you know, the reactionary, right? But
1: mm-hmm. it,
0: it, it feels like there's a triad. And the triad is the observer, right? And that's the, other, that's the other piece of that sort of spiritual model is the observer gets to choose. So you need to also hold that and then decide
1: i i think that for me it's like the question is does it um does the does the observer get to choose um in in human biology uh the prefrontal cortex is um at least by modern science the the um the visionary part of the mind it's able to have creative thinking it's able to see into the future it's like an executive center it makes good decisions in alignment with our best interest and in alignment with our well-being and um the amygdala which is fight or flight and an animal response and is essentially responsible for our survival um those those functions in the mind appear to be mutually exclusive Um, what science is showing is that when the amygdala activates, the prefrontal cortex automatically shuts down. And so that the way to activate the prefrontal cortex, which might be the observer, um, requires the calming of the, the amygdala. So there's like, there's lots of research happening right now with, um, like somatic experiencing, which is about how to basically regulate the autonomic nervous system so as to gain access to those like higher minded functions in air quotes for people listening in audio. It's like, like, can a person actually be capable of of these spiritual sort of questions, if in fact, they're, they're, they're triggered, or their amygdala is activated, or they're in a perceived mode of survival. I, I think that it's difficult to impose on somebody who is activated, the expectation that, that they should be able to hear their inner voice that they should be able to be a spiritual person and i think in many cases um there's there's teaching out there that says like you should you should just like listen you should just like go on the spiritual path for a person with an activated amygdala or who's having a survival experience that that's literally not available to them and that's why it's like it's uh it's so interesting to talk about this stuff because um, and like you said at the beginning, it's it's like these things are apparently at odds. and I think like I think they are at odds, biologically speaking, spiritually speaking, like oftentimes unless the person having the experience has this meta awareness, um, it does feel like one or the other. Objectively, both are available, right? You can learn how to calm your nervous system. You can learn to meditate, like you said, you can learn to gain access to um, the observer or whatever information might be held in there. Um, but I'm, I'm not sure how many people have a realistic awareness of like their actual state of mind and, and how much care they actually need. I think people need far more care than they give themselves. I don't know, credit for maybe credit's not the right word, but it's like,
0: yeah, yeah I hear you. Like, it's just like, they don't even, you don't know what you don't know. And if,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and so when I hear the word care from you, I'm thinking like, you know, truly caring for yourself, you know, truly, um, nourishing and nurturing yourself. And, you know, for people that are in that sort of, you know, that well, the triggered state, the more survival state, it, it, it is a very difficult road. You know, that's what I yeah. see. It is a very, very difficult road. I know that they they need, need it but can they, like, I know that it's possible for them, but can they even see it to then? Often not without help. Yeah. Right.
1: They need a great coach. They need someone who loves them. They need a friend who truly gives them good feedback. Um, And for, for many people, they don't have the quality of relationships necessary to have that type of a a dialogue. Mm -hmm. Um, you know like I I try really hard to do that like I see I see my responsibility in my business as to take care of the people who work here um I think a lot of businesses are structured in a way where it's like you're all here to help me figure your shit out so my life can be better mm-hmm. um and it's it's it seems like the right thing to do it's a very short-sighted goal though because like The, the business has the best chance of success. A person has the best sense, chance of success when they're able to think clearly and strategically and have forethought and have inspiration and, and genuinely be doing work that is meaningful to them and is aligned with what's important. And if I, as a tyrannical leader, I'm keeping people in fight or flight all day, I'm, I'm having the exact opposite result, which is I'm making people dumber. I'm causing them to be highly reactive. I'm creating time pressure and scarcity. I'm putting them in situations that make them uncomfortable. They've got knee-jerk reactions. Like this whole cascade of negative outcomes occurs. It's actually in my best interest as a manager and a leader to help my team and to help the people who work here, help my family, help my friends be regulated, to have time and space to get centered and to have a job or a role that's aligned with something that matters to them and to give them reasonable deadlines and reasonable plans to produce reasonable results. Um, and for all of that to happen, I either need to have the resources or I have to have the, the mindset myself to, to deliver that, regardless of what our environment um, experiences. And I, I don't think that that's a very common approach.
0: But I think it's changing, right? Like, Mm -hmm. and, and I really hear you. And when I think back to the, you know, my time in corporate, those were my favorite leaders, the ones that created that safety. And, you know, it even goes so far as into speaking of our team as resources, right. You know, and so I've, I've got my soapbox that I jump on about, People are not on the, you know, they're not on the p l They're not on the income statement. Your people are actually on the balance sheet. They are assets if you treat them as assets. And so that's just, mm-hmm. but, you know, there are certainly leaders, companies that approach business in that way. And I think that eventually the others will be obsolete because people like, if you're in a triggered state, you're either going to fight. So you got conflict in your team or you're going to flee and go and work for the other person. (laughs) Like it's as easy as that or freeze, stay there and be, I don't know what, just stay there. Right. So I think it will change. I think it must change. I would just love it to change faster. I guess that's, you know, that's my place of impatience is what is the right speed? How can I stay curious and you know, for me, supporting coaches, yes, all the coach words, supporting coaches create coaching businesses um, is so that, so that there can be more of that, more of that um, safety and growth and meaningful lives for the people that they work with. Yeah. Like it starts
1: with each of us, right? It starts yeah. with our breath. It starts with us. Like we all have a responsibility to self-regulate. It would be nice for all of us to say like, You know, I've given up on my fraternal parents and now it's time for there to be a business parent, but like the reality is each of us are our own caregiver we are our own advocate we are our own um, sovereign people we I have a responsibility to take care of myself and to the degree I'm capable take care of others but it's it starts with me so like in that regard it starts with your listeners it starts with your clients and to the degree that they're able to regulate they're going to set a good example for their clients and um you know it goes from there um yeah. hopefully some more leaders hear this type of messaging and they can see the only sustainable way to grow a business is to like have sustainable team yeah like yeah. you can't you can't build a business on desperation in an ideal world we're building businesses on inspiration uh but you know very few people get there it's a gauntlet and it takes like persistence and effort and courage and um i hope at least to achieve that in my life because i'm aware of it and i'm talking about it and i think i have a duty to be the change i want to see in the world
0: right thank you really appreciate your time any closing words that you'd like to share
1: um Yeah. I mean, I guess if you're listening to this, take a deep breath.
0: (laughs) Yeah. As simple as that, right? It all, it all goes back to the breath. So people who are interested in you and what you do, how can they find out more about you?
1: Uh, I produce a lot of content and it's all hosted at measurablegenius.tv.
0: Wonderful. Thanks so much. Thanks again. Thanks for having me. Thanks again for listening today. Please hop on over to Apple podcasts and leave a review. Also, I would love to hear from you. Did something that I say resonate? What else would you like to learn about? Click the link in the player and leave a comment on the post. This is going to give me great ideas for future episodes so I can help you best. Join me again next week for more coaching, support, and teaching to help you become the confident coach you are meant to be.